Hello, and welcome to Sacred Adventure Begin, an inquisitive space where we explore topics like gaining wisdom, travel, yoga, meditation, dance, art, and following our soul-guided paths. I'm your host, Emily, from gettingintoit.com, and together we'll focus on enjoying, sharing, and interpreting our sacred adventures and how to embody these lessons in our daily lives. Let's begin. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am really, really excited about this new episode of the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast because I have on a guest who I have to tell you feels like a uh, time warp version of me. (laughs) It's always interesting when you find those people in your life that are so in line with your vision and have had such similar life experiences that things just clicked right away um, when we started talking. So today I'm talking to Lori, and she has this amazing project called the Goodbye Good Girl Project. The tagline is, a woman's P-L-A-C-E is in her power. Question the rules, change the game. Sounds about right. (laughs) I enjoyed talking to her so much. I know you will too. Um, But before we get going, I am going to read you a little bit of her backstory so you know where she is coming from. And this is coming directly from her website. The top reads, where I've been, who I am, and how I break with the good girl. I was 16 when I joined a women's group at my high school. I was a firebrand about feminism, and my father was angry with me because I wanted him to call my friends women instead of girls, and his viewpoint on life was that of the traditional World War II male, not enlightened. (laughs) It didn't take long for me to reach my 20s and learn that expressing myself was considered pushy. As a, quote, good girl, I quickly adjusted to the so-called reality in the work world, and I learned to do things that women learn to do to make those with social power feel less challenged. Woo! Whoa! Ah. Apologize for just about everything. Sounds like some of us, right? Doubt myself so that instead of being powerful with my words and actions, my time was spent arguing with myself about whether I was right or wrong to feel so wrong. And three, try to fit in, even though I knew in my heart that it was my job to fit out, to become who I truly am. So many things that I know that people still struggle with now. In my 20s, I studied how the use of language by the two sexes differed. In my 30s, I rediscovered the acting and singing I had done in grade school and high school. And at this age, it was a whole new ballgame. Now I could possibly break from my corporate jobs and learn from both these very visible art forms. Maybe I could even define my life as an artist. Epic. What I actually started to define was who I am. What I actually started to do was hear my own voice and allow myself to speak my emotions and to speak as other people to, as a way of reflecting those parts of me I had kept hidden for so long. Ooh, that's a good one. In acting, so profound. What I started to do was allow myself to come into my existence as me instead of as some pretend version of me placed on me by myself like a coat so that I could look like everyone else. What I started to do was to become visible, 
the thing that women are expected not to do unless they are either extremely sexy, plus emotionally pliant, <laughs> or extremely traditional, plus smiling. Oh my God, smiling. And, and I discovered my talent at heart of getting to the heart of a client's strength and teaching her to walk into it, experience it, and deepen her identification with it. Yes! I took what I knew of self-expression and emotional connection from the acting world and what I knew of power in verbal, physical, and mental communication from the worlds of linguistics, and I started coaching speakers, entrepreneurs, performers in the mid-1990s, and the results were intoxicatingly immediate. The people who came to me were singers, actors, public speakers, and business owners. All of them needed the same thing, to push past shame, reticence, adherence to those good girl rules, and to be supported in recognizing their unique emotional core and how to speak or sing their messages from that place. Mm. I work to free women from wholeheartedly believing lies about themselves that they can't or that they are unworthy or too shame-laden to speak their truth and be their best real selves. I have studied and worked with interpersonal communication for over 30 years. Communication, that art form that is the most difficult for us as humans, that art form that no one teaches us, yet we are expected to just know how to do it through nebulous instructions like, quote, be nice and be polite. This is not okay with me. <laughs> so I teach others how to speak up, how to be visible, and how to understand and better communicate their communications, whether they're on stage or in a business meeting. I have made, according to one of my clients, good speakers into great speakers. According to another client, I changed her life when we worked together to break the chains, stopping her from sharing her story with her clients. Like so many, I want to be of service in a changing world, and the best and most fun, rewarding thing I know to do is to help other women find their voice, their purpose, their passion, their freedom, from the social shoulds so that they can use their lives to full effect. Mm. And we can change our businesses, our work, our lives, and our world. I offer workshops, individual coaching session packages, and group talks. So that is from Lori's website, the Goodbye Good Girl Project. And I know that you are going to absolutely adore Lori. Um, and the message that she has today. And I really think that a lot of the work that we do and, and a lot of the concepts that we talk about are um, specific to um, women or those identifying as women or those who have been culture, cultured um, to, to be, quote, female or women in today's society. And it's definitely a different generational thing but I think that you can, even from the masculine or male point of view, listen to this and empathize with some of um, what we're talking about, if not completely understand what it feels like to uh, feel like you've been socialized, perhaps to not be yourself. Um, these, these are ways specifically that we socialize women to not be ourselves, but um, again, applicable. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Lori. Here she is. Hello, Lori Kirstein, and welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I am so happy to have you here today. Woo, girl, you are not alone. I am so thrilled <laughs> to be here. Yes, listeners, we have so much like joyful energy going on here that I cannot wait to share with you. So 
Lori, can you start by telling folks a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure. Um, let's see. I am uh, a real game changer. I love to break the rules. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we women, we, we have really got a tough road to hoe. Um, yeah, because we are, we're swimming in this social sea of woman as disposable, as second-class citizen, as just, it's the whole environment, once you see it, is really intense, and we don't usually take real stock of it. We don't get to see it, um, and I came across an incredible video by uh, a woman named Jean Kilborn. If you go on Vimeo and you look at her video called Killing Us Softly and then the number four, you are gonna have your mind blown and you're gonna also be able to take off a whole lot of weight off of, your, of shame off your own shoulders. And I created a business called the Goodbye Good Girl Project because enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, preach, preach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some women were not raised to be um, you know, nice and good girls and things like that, but they still get the good girl download of here's what it, here's who you have to be, here's how you have to act, here's how you have to be either overly something or too much under something in order to be acceptable. I and, feel like, oh, sorry, keep going. No, oh, and in order to really feel fulfilled in our lives, it's more a place of balance that we're looking to come to. And in this culture, we don't have any balance. We have um, a lot of masculine and, a and the masculine is being used in toxic ways uh, to control, to dictate, to punish um, when it comes to, and I'm talking about things like bi big business and uh, politics and things like this. And it's there's no, we need to leaven the bread with the feminine face of, of business in the feminine face of leadership. Oh my gosh. Even just in what you just said, <laughs> <laughs> there are sort of three different roads that I want us to kind of create a little bit of clarity for the listener on. And I love that you called, um, I love that you called them downloads, which are often conflicting, like how we come to know what femininity is or what our identity as a feminine being is. Mm -hmm. And there's so much, like you said, download, but like, I think I want to call it like culture programming, right? For sure, for sure. You know, where we see the, the women that we see um, put to us as successful in the media often fit this very specific... Um, well, even put to us by, by churches or put to us in our family dynamic, um, have these really contradictory, like, um, ways of evaluating, like you're supposed to be like super, super gorgeous and really attractive, but like also, uh, like not a slut and you're, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're supposed to be like enjoyable to be around and in, in your joy and happy all the time, but also don't ask too much of other people. And it, it, um, can be heavy. Can you talk a little bit to, to that? Like, when you say, because I think this ties into your good girl project or goodbye good girl project. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the like 
things that women put down when they um, work with you. And I don't mean put down, like they say, Ooh, that's bad. I mean like things that they stop carrying and forcing on themselves. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's um, I have a worldview that says that we're meant to be human and in the world, in the sea we swim in, which is the world, the social world that we are in. And you're right, whether it's churches or if it's advertising on the side of buses or it's mm -hmm. advertisings on the TV or whatever, um, we are given a, like a, a pass fail sort of situation. If you do this, you're golden. If you do this, you're crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, um, excuse me, but I'm not crap no matter what. Preach. Okay, I'm not crap. Uh, but the problem is that we've internalized the whole thing. Yep. So what we've done is we've taken on the abusive messages. And so we're doing the job of the abuser for them. Hmm. And that and understanding that it's really not our fault. It's not that we have issues. It's really not our issues. What's happened to look at it from a spiritual perspective is that we have imbibed these messages we've made them our own as our identity because it's pre-verbal yep and and then we end up creating what we've resonated with the strongest so then we go ah proof that i really am crap mm -hmm. i am second i really can't be a leader i can't do a business i can't do this i can't do that and they're all lies it's all lies so when people come into my program what happens is I take them off the cross, basically, <laughs> which is funny for somebody who was raised non-religious Jewish to say, but still, I take them off the cross. Come um, down this way, this way. I need to walk this way, please. Um, and the way that I do that is uh, through questions. We, we are invited to really explore and to see if what we're thinking is really reasonable if there isn't another way to look at it, let me give you an example. Yes. So there are words that I call Velcro words. Like they've got, it's two sides of the same, of a similar coin. And it's hard <clears throat> to even realize that they're there, much less question them. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> again, in the spiritual realm, if you say that you're a very judgmental person, oh my God, you're a terrible spiritual person. <laughs> you're just bad you're, you know you prefer the term discerning <laughs> and that is my point thank you for making it for me but you know you do have to have judgment you have to have good judgment and there was a time in my 30s where I did not know the difference and I know I'm not alone you know no you're not no way um yeah so peeling away these velcro concepts freeze women to go oh i'm so oh that's a part of wisdom having mm. judgment is a part of my wisdom i'm not being a terrible person because that's it's all part of that you've got to be a good girl thing yep oh no i can't be i can't be judgmental you'd better be if you see somebody coming at you who scares you you better get to the other side of the street yeah, and then unpacking the ways that we've been taught to um, not prioritize ourselves is such a huge part of coming off. Because what you just said was you're prioritizing your safety rather than being polite. And that shows up too when we're experiencing what, like a, 
a conversation with somebody and somebody's making us very uncomfortable. And instead of just being like the joke you just made made me very uncomfortable. We just kind of like laugh and like, and, and put our comfort aside so that other person can still like have their joke, you know? And also so that we don't have to face somebody being mad at us. Yep. We're yeah. very afraid of our own power. And one of the things that I do in my group is we have, we have two meetings every week. And one of them I call a mind meld. And it really is an invitation for everybody or anybody in the group to, um, to step forward and be in leadership in that moment. It's not all about, oh, look at Lori, she's so fabulous. It's let's create a bunch of fabulous leaders. Yes, I love this. Right? And then the other meeting is for questions and answers. And that can be anything. It can be, you know, personal growth stuff. It can be business things. How do I do this? How do I do that? I mean, I'm one of these people who collects insane amounts of information. Yeah. <laughs> we are the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you might, you might secretly be my twin, although I don't know how I ended up 30 years older than you. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm, I, will, I will claim the other end of that. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, you know, the, the thing that really sets my program apart um, is I got, no, let me, let me just try to be coherent about this. It's like one of my passionate things is that so many business programs, like I've spent so much on business programs Mm -hmm. and the problem in the end, in the end really is not the program. But what I got upset with was the fact that programs do not take into account that everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And so what's not being supported is the individual growth of each person. So I said, okay, that's it. I'm creating my program to do both business and personal growth. And we're going to do group stuff, which is always like putting your growth on steroids. And then I'm also going to do individual meetings with each person to make sure that they're going in the direction they need to go. Oh, I love that. So you put them in the environment, um, I think of it sort of as like a a pressure cooker, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, those super fast pressure cookers where you're going to like launch, you know, food in five minutes, (laughs) 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 but then you're, you know, so you're letting them have that sort of accelerated growth. And then you're taking them aside and being like, what of that fit for you? And then helping them understand how to like unpack that growth in a way that feels good and, and honors who they are. And I love that. Like, that's amazing. It, I think there also needs to be a kudos here. Um, cause you and I were talking a little bit about this before the episode started. So just to bring the listeners in on this, um, concept is that if you're operating in like scarcity in your life, it, that scarcity then also shows up in your business. So those two things being paired together, I think, um, is a genius way to work things out. But I also want to say this, like if, if you're operating a program that says that you're not a, um, a leader <laughs> or mm-hmm. that, um, you know, that you need to prove yourself or that people doubt you, that's a type of scarcity. And that shows up, I find, and it sounds like you, since you've been in a lot of business groups too, that leaders will get possessive and they won't let other people <laughs> lead. And so it's actually, I think, amazing to hear that you are saying that you also have sort of like a crucible where people can step into their power and it doesn't have to be threatening to you. And I have to say that that takes 
an immense amount of personal work to be in a place where you can do that. And so I want to say, hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, I really appreciate that, Emily. Wow. I feel like I got like this huge kiss on my heart. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm like literally getting chills because I was on Facebook today trying to explain to um, someone who just doesn't quite get that. Yeah, like how to sort of bridge between two people. One person was like, hey, um, you're you're kind of being mean to the rest of us. And the other person was like, but I'm in control here. And it was like real weird. And so uh, stepping aside and being like, actually, no, this is what this person is trying to say. You're not in the wrong, but like, here's a better way to do it. (laughs) I think it's an amazingly powerful thing when you have a leader who who is also willing to learn at the same time. Yes. So people who don't like that, people who really do want a leader, like a traditional leader, that's not me. I mean, I will teach you uh, all kinds of things like um, how to step into your visibility, how to Mm. to use your words and recognize the words that really support you literally physically in your power and which ones literally for you take your power away, um, how to create an incredible talk, um, how to set up your business in a way that is in alignment with who you are, but then also to keep growing. Because one thing I see in the people who are currently in my program is that they are stepping into leadership where they are, but they're nowhere near that sort of leadership where you go, here's who I am. Here's where I'm standing. And if you don't like it, that's okay. But you know, and that takes a lot too, because you also have to be willing to say like, I don't have all the answers. It's okay if you disagree with me. And then there's another step too, becoming very curious about what that disagreement is about and being able to validate that for someone else. And uh, I think that that is a skill that like as feminine leaders, we can also model for people. And I, yeah, it's just, that's so huge. That's so huge that you do that. That's amazing. We are so, we are so twins. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's something that I believe in too. Um, and it, and, uh, in my program, encourage people to, um, say, uh, here's a concept, here's a concept, here's a concept. What do you think about these concepts and which one do you want to embody in your life? And also like enabling people to pivot. Like I was trying this for a little while, it wasn't working. So now I'm going to look at maybe why that wasn't working and, you know, either change my mind or, um, select a different belief that might help me more. And so it, it, it enables people also to grow. Uh, but I think if we like decide, you know, I believe this one thing, then we almost like and no one can believe anything else. And because I don't fully believe it all the way, like no one's allowed to challenge me on it either. It like makes your growth so limited and small and sad. So, well, you really, it doesn't grow you. No, (laughs) I gotta say it just doesn't because um, the problem we've got as our, our whole structure, men, women, animals, you know, everybody, (laughs) children, uh, whatever we we're stuck in this, in this system that is like a reward or punishment system. It's an yep. on or off switch. It's a pass or fail. It's black and white. It's bullshit is what it is. It's complete Preach. bullshit. Yes. And it is not who we came here to be. Not one of us came here to be a machine part. Not one of us. Mm. And when we came in and started crawling around, we didn't go, 
mommy, am I doing this right? You know, like that, that <laughs> um, we came here to be on a hero or heroine's journey is what we came here to do. We came here to be who we are. We came here to be the bigness of who we are, even if it scares the ever loving shit out of us. We came here to learn how to walk through that and stand on the other side of that um, going, yeah, I still feel the nerves, but look at me. Yeah. I'm inspiring people. Look at me. I'm serving other people. Look at me. I'm helping other people. I mean, that's the whole journey to me. I love that analogy too, because when you're learning to crawl, you um, fall a lot. <laughs> and that's how you build the strength to get on your feet. If we don't uh, fall down, we cannot rise. I like which, it. Which sounds more profound than I meant it to when I started talking, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it is profound and it is very, very true. Um, and in fact, it's so funny. Um, I was having a little conversation with a part of myself uh, this, this morning, like an 11 year old part of myself. And she actually said to me unexpectedly, you mean it's okay if I make a mistake? <laughs> I said, yes, it is. And she started jumping up and down like, oh my God, that's great. Cause that's how I learn. And I went, oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. Because I don't think there's any of these like core lessons that we don't need to hear multiple times. Yeah. So, and inner child work is super profound too. So are you also doing that with people as you work them through with the good girl project or oh, the yeah. goodbye, good girl project? I'm going to get it right one of these times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've, I've had, I've taken so many trainings and I've taken so many workshops, you know, personal growth workshops and everything that I've learned is, is part of this offering, you know, everything from personal and spiritual thought um, to, to business. I mean, it's, I'm bringing all that I am to this because awesome. that's all I want to do is to bring anything I ha am forward in a focused way to say, here, let's get you on the move and that's let's get you to be you. So, you know, I'm going to ask this. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I won't tell you. I won't. I tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like um, when we step into our power this way, usually it's because we hit some kind of like terrible issue <laughs> or had an injury or like a, a, a life transition moment that woke us up. And so I'm kind of wondering, like, how, I guess this is my way of asking, how did you come to this work? Did you come to this work through, you know, you were led slowly toward it? Or was there like a moment where you were just like, I cannot be everyone's good girl anymore. And so now I'm going to be myself. <laughs> it's such a beautiful question. Um, this particular expression of this work, um, I came to, I, I got to front burner it, I should say because I've been doing it um, since about 2008, but I got to front burner it when uh, COVID hit. Mm. So um, yeah, that's, that was a blessing for me. And, you know, thank God I haven't been ill or had anybody who died from it or anything else. So how did I come to this was, how I came to it was um, when I was a kid, when I was 11, um, my mother got cancer and living with that for like 11 years until she passed away was, I limited myself a lot. 
you know, not supposed to upset mom and, and, you know, things like that. And, and it just, I got more and more like crushed in and I, I was really upset, but nobody was talking openly about it. And I'm such a communicator mm -hmm. that it was, that was killing to me. You know, you're not supposed to feel these things. You're not supposed to share these things. And um, in my late twenties, I, I stepped into my first singing lesson. And in my first singing lesson, I suddenly felt in tune with myself for like the first time since I was a kid. And I started singing and it didn't matter if he was stopping me every two seconds of going, no, try that again. You have to, I just felt my body. I felt myself in my body and I felt like, oh my God, I get to express myself. Oh my God, oh my God. And also I had stepped in that same year onto my first stage as a performer and went, I'm home. Mm -hmm. And there is no way you can be an actor and behave. That ain't the thing, you know, mm -hmm. as, a, as an actor, because and I'll, I'll say this because a lot of people don't know it. Acting is not pretending. Acting is being 100% real in the imaginary circumstance that you're in. So it's how, how do I feel if I can, you know, to the degree that I can tell myself, this is a real situation I'm in right now as this character. Yeah, you're channeling it. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a lot like that. Um, so yeah, uh, when I stepped into the performance mode in my life and I went, wait a second, all of the feminism that I, that I tie, sort of tied into when I was 16 um, and all of the self-expression that I've been denying myself, that's over. Like that's got to stop. And then I came right smack up against my self-doubt. And, you know, you'll come up against all your stuff. There's just <laughs> there's like no way not to. But what I bring in also with the training is I, you can tell I have a sense of humor and I don't market anything in shame. Like I don't wrap anything in shame. It's all about, isn't this fascinating? That curiosity you were talking about. Yeah. We have to open and unfold and blossom, not rip open the flower that we are, but blossom uh, together and with a commitment to being loving and kind to ourselves in whatever ways we can do that. I love that. Sorry, I had this image of like, like slowly over time cultivating this plant, <laughs> helping it continue to bloom. <laughs> yes, and I think that's what we need. I mean, as, as a sex, we all need to walk into a very new paradigm, um, which I did the other day, it was fascinating. So I reached out to two women who I know who both have their own businesses. And one is a graphic design business. And the other is a business that supports women who've been badly abused in their relationships and have emerged and need to learn how to make money. Like they'll be trained in like computer software, this and that. And anyway, I reached out to these two different women. And um, there's another part of my business that supports women in becoming more visible through marketing. So I also have a digital agency where I do like, videos and logo stings, they're called, and uh, Facebook ads. And, Ooh, and what's I help, that one called? Um, that's called Womanpreneur. Like it. Uh, Womanpreneur branded digital agency. It's at womanpreneurdigitalagency.link. And um, if you want to know what a logo sting is, 
take a look at the uh, the uh, the video page. It's it's totally badass. I love it so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been talking about. Wouldn't it be great if we women who are in business or wanting to start a business come together in little. I don't know what you call them, conclaves, maybe? Like, let's say you have four to six women who each have their own business, but they make a commitment without the sort of legal, like we're partners, we're not partners in that way, but we commit to helping each other grow and we we are masterminds together. And we also make sure that we are actively helping one another be promoted out there when somebody needs one of those services. And, um, and it's just done through heart. It's not done through here, pay your, you know, pay your 30 bucks a month or whatever. And so with these two women, they've invited me to be a part of their, their businesses in different ways, um, but not as a partner. So it's, it's happening. It's actually happening, which is cool. Yes, collaboration and um, community, since as women, we have been trained to be good communicators. Well, to some degree, and we can kind of discuss that later too. Mm-hmm. Um, but to some degree, we're biologically like hardwired for communication. <laughs> so it makes sense that that pulling on that um, as a strength and using that to bolster growth can be super, 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 um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Revolutionary? <laughs> <laughs> but supportive. I, that's not the word I'm looking for, though. I'll, I'll, I'll land on it in a little bit, but you can kind of respond. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the word revolutionary in that in that respect, because when you do become a good communicator, when you are able to hold balance as a communicator um, between, you know, being kind rather than nice, there is a big difference. Huge. Right. Um, and you are able to be gracious, but you are not last on the damn list. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are not, you are first. And when I say you are first, it, it's such a spiritual thing. It's such a, a core understanding of who you are, how you're receiving information. Um, what the, what the, what the ways of ownership are in how you respond to people. Um, there are, there's so much to communication and, um, I, we are hardwired for communication, but we are socialized to assume from the get go that we're wrong. Yep. I mean, how many times do you go? Oh, sorry. Even though you haven't freaking done anything. (laughs) I mean, it still happens to me. I'm like, Oh, sorry. Then I go, what the heck was that? Yeah. And it's almost like apologizing for existing. It is. It that's exactly what it is. And that is it, exactly what it is. It um I use that one on occasion when I want to sort of give someone permission to have a feeling about me that I don't want them to have. <laughs> like, that one. I, I'm missing that. Help me understand. <laughs> so um it might be, it might look like something like, I am sorry that the experience you're having with me is uh, feeling like I am not letting you have your way, but <laughs> <laughs> this is all I can give you right now. And well, that's interesting because as I've looked at that one, 
I have to wonder if I'm doing anybody any favors by saying I'm sorry that you're feeling that when I don't really feel sorry that you're feeling that. Ah. I, I think that, and I'm not saying I like to hurt people. That is not my style. Um, but I mean, if I say something, like I remember I had a boyfriend once and I told him, you work so hard. I just, I just wish you could like, I wish I could have just a little more time with you. He took that as if I had said, and this is what he told me later. He said, when you said that, what I heard was you don't pay any attention to me. You're a terrible boyfriend. That's, that's on him. <laughs> of course. It absolutely yeah. So I could have said to him, I'm so sorry that that hurt you. I'm not sorry. It hurt him. <laughs> I'm not sorry. It hurt. I didn't do anything. Um, I can, my, the way I can express my kindness is to sit there, not, not get into a massive fight with him, uh -huh. not get into a fight over the untruth. What the heck? Instead, <laughs> be, you know, like hold my own space of knowing that I have done nothing wrong. Um, that there, there's a misunderstanding here Yep. and say, look, we need to find a way through this. And if the person opposite you just can't do that, then yeah, it's probably not best that you hang out with them too much. Because if you're in that place of growth where you're like, I want to really understand and I want to really communicate with the real person across from me and I want to be the real person I am and the other person can't support that, that's never going to be a healthy friendship or relationship. I think that I, my relationship with sorry is, and it is something I've had to work on because I did use it a lot to apologize for just being myself or to make myself seem sort of more acceptable based on what I believed society would. But in like, for example, the example that I gave, um, I, I do feel bad that they feel bad, but I am also not in the wrong. So I'm not going to apologize for the fact that I'm not going to give that to them. I'm just going to say that you know, it must feel terrible to feel bad to, you know, to not be getting your way right now, but also this, you have, you have discovered one of my limits. <laughs> exactly. And do you mind if I, if I use you as a, as a guinea pig for a moment? Yes. Okay, cool. So when you say you, you feel sorry that they feel bad, um, what does that actually mean? What are you feeling sorry for? Well, of course I don't want my friends to feel bad. I literally feel sorry that they're having an emotion that they don't want to feel. And I'm, I'm giving them compassion uh, mm -hmm. for that. Like, oh, it must be terrible to feel that way. I'm sorry mm -hmm. that you're feeling that way, but this is, mm -hmm. it must be terrible to <laughs> feel like you need something from me and you're not able to get it, but I'm not gonna give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, so, um, and it's beautiful. My God, we need more compassion. We, meet, we need more empathy in the world. So I would never tell you that you were quote unquote wrong um, to feel those things. But the question I have for you is, what if the fact that they felt that thing and the fact that you then had that conversation with them, what if that deepened your relationship and deepened the ability to be more honest and open and, and real in the relationship? Would you then still feel sorry that they felt that way? But a hundred percent deepened it. Um, and actually, I mean, I do feel sorry that they felt that way. I, I felt <laughs> like, well, actually, I think maybe we're thinking of this this way. I don't use sorry as an apology. Mm -hmm. um, and I agree with you that sorry often is used. I, well, it is an apology word, right? <laughs> yes, it is. 
Yes, yes it is. <laughs> but I don't also, me being right or me, be, me holding my ground or me knowing who I am um, can also contain a bit of that because I am such a um, empath. And I can hold space for myself to feel a little bad for them. That way I'm not also judging myself for my feelings mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and then also let them have that feeling. So here you go. You yeah. can be mad at me. I give you permission. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't need you to, to, to be anything different. And I, I'm sorry that you're having that experience with me, but I am not allowing an experience where I am out of alignment with, uh, you know, my time or uh, how I'm going to interact with you. It's actually a very nice balance that you're striking. So, um, but yeah, I think a lot of it, it took a long time to get there. A lot of people aren't at that point. <laughs> for sure. And, yeah. and um, I've come face to face with women who don't apologize. Um, and who, when I say, wow, that was very, very painful. And they go, what was painful? Talk, tell me, talk to me. Because th they're not interested in my telling them that, I take some sort of approach to them around it, but they want to know what they've done. They want to know, they want to understand deeper. They want personal growth that badly. Yep. Well, that's interesting too, because I think like um, it has been interesting watching what people call cancel culture. And to some degree, I feel really strongly like um, let's use JK Rowling, for example. Okay. Um, I am not going to give any more of my money to someone who is clearly transphobic. Um, and I support everyone who has said to her, the statements that you made are harmful to this community. They show a lot of misunderstandings about like trans women and, and you can do better. And so I think in situations like that, where you have harmed someone else, that you can hear that you've harmed them, that you may still feel how you feel about whether or not you want to interact with someone who identifies as trans or, or who is trans. I'm sorry um, to anyone who's listening, who heard me say identify there. Um, I, I didn't mean that that was an identity, um, but that, that you can say that you're sorry, you can apologize when you have a misunderstanding so that the other person understands that um, they've been heard, <laughs> uh -huh. that you understand you know, what you're doing uh, or, or what your effects are on other people. And mm -hmm. then dialogue can be created around that. Uh, but I think people get into this, like, I also really stand strongly behind like not um, being able to work on yourself enough that you don't need an apology also. But, oh, no. Being yeah. able to apologize when it's appropriate is extremely, extremely important. Yep. Yeah. But then, so, but then you get in this weird category of people like saying like, oh, I'm never going to apologize. <laughs> well, you, I didn't do anything wrong. And you're like, well, actually, I mean, you didn't consciously do anything wrong, but that's not the, that's not the effect that you made in the world. Right. And, and what you're talking about is a real depth of communication. You're talking about really sort of like almost the opposite side of meta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I mean, there too, I love it. This is where I live. <laughs> I do too, obviously, my twin. Um, and I so I mean, it's really, it, the levels, the layers to communication are extremely complex and they're also extremely flexible. And we have got to understand about each other. So like the, JK Rowling. Yes. Um, you can either say, well, screw her. I don't want to ever do anything. Give her any money. Blah, blah, blah. I don't ever want to blah, blah, blah. 
Well, the problem you could, you know, not giving money, big deal. You're not going to hurt her feeling. She doesn't know you exist. (laughs) Yes. Fine. No problem. Um, But what we're not doing mentally and what we're not doing in our attitude towards one another is understanding that we are all in a flow. We are all in a growth process. Um, Those people who go too far beyond the pale, who think it's just fine to lock children in cages, who think, Uh. you know, who think it's just fine to kill our black brothers and sisters and not do anything about it, you know, that is, those are examples of things I, that I personally find to be way too far beyond the pale. And and you may, and that person may change, but if that person were somebody in my life, they would not be in my life. Yes. Because I could not, I am not anywhere near uh, like mother Mary status or, Mm. you know, mother Teresa status where I could be, where I could see the, the soul of that person. And, and say this, you know, father, forgive them or whatever, you know, I'm just I'm not there, but, but I am striving for peace in my life. So I try to understand the place I've come to is this is the outpouring of the wounding of this person. And so I can absolutely loathe the actions, but I still have to hold space for my own sense of peace. I still have to hold space for this person is just, is in the flow, just like I am. Yes. They'll become. I love that. It's sort of like a, a softer way of, <laughs> of going about the whole, like, I mean, I'm not going to say you're enacting cancel culture or anything, but I think that, I think that what you're touching on is that we are all sort of um, curators of our own daily experience and mm-hmm. that we have great power in what we choose to give our attention to. Really nicely put. I love that. So Ooh, that's awesome. It's what you said. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you put it really well. <laughs> but thing, on, on the positive side, on the, on the just madly positive side of things, um, with the feminine face of leadership, you know, and, and I started by, by saying something about like, what is leadership? What is real leadership? And we get to define it. We women, in my opinion, are here to save the world. We're just, we're here to do that. But in order to do that, and this is what created the Goodbye Good Girl Project, somebody asked in a, in a workshop that I was in, the leader said, what is the one thing that you would say to your clients if you knew that they wouldn't fire you or couldn't fire you or something? <laughs> oh my God, this is the best question ever. <laughs> Isn't that something? Oh no, it's a great freaking question. And I said, um, stop uh, what was I said, stop apologizing for everything. Stop, stop just, you know, asking for, per- waiting for permission or approval. You stop it. And he said, he asked another question about it. What, it, I wish I had this right. I didn't know I was going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, so what would you then tell them to do as a result of that? And I wrote on the paper, in huge letters, I wrote, get off your knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, holy shit. And I knew, <laughs> I knew I was talking to myself. I knew I was talking to every woman on the planet because we've been put in these positions that we've internalized. And our job is not to keep fighting the outside only. It is to really come inside and, and give ourselves back the power that we are. We recognize it, you know, recognize it anew. 
Maybe we've never really felt it. Um, it's, it's a remarkable thing. And when I think of women in leadership, um, I have my program, uh, it has a, uh, what's it called? The PLACE program, P-L-A-C-E. And it's presence, leadership, um, awareness. Uh, how can I forget my own program? That's embarrassing. Nah, um, we've been talking about a lot of things. Presence, yeah. leadership, awareness. Um, compassion. No, sorry. Authenticity, uh, compassion, and self-expression. Yes. These are leadership qualities. Real leaders. Real leaders do not control people. No. Nope. Real leaders guide people. What do women do when they're mothers? They guide their children. They guide their families. They, they try to create things that are going to work for the entire structure. Um, so leadership, the way it's done in corporations, which is top down control, power over, never power with, mm -hmm. um, that's not real leadership. And we women can show how that's done. If we are willing right now to step into leadership in our way, not dismissing things that, that leadership has brought forth from the masculine that are helpful because there needs to be a balance of masculine and feminine. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I was going to bring us back around to the masculine and feminine and the, the two sort of being a little bit out of whack in society. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Can we talk, maybe give folks a little bit of a um, kind of a description of what we're calling masculine and what we're calling feminine, because it's not, we we're, we're not talking about gender here. Um, we're talking about a set of characteristics that have traditionally been labeled masculine and feminine. And you could, you could sort of, if you wanted, if, if masculine and feminine doesn't um, resonate for you, if you're like, say non-binary, you want a better definition, we could say like giving versus receiving and sort of categorize them all under like those sort of titles too. But um, Lori, do you, can, can I ask you to talk maybe a little bit about what you define as masculine versus what you define as feminine? Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of crossover in those, uh, those qualities. There are qualities that are held by both men and women, like strength. Yep. Um, it's just that you have to drill down a bit to get to what that strength is about. And masculinity is, uh, to put it really I don't know, briefly, I guess, is it's goal-oriented. It is, um, it's full speed ahead, damn the torpedoes. Um, action. It's yeah. action, yeah. And the feminine is the process. Uh, the feminine is the, the, the nurturing. And you can have, of course, a guy who is extremely feminine, or you can have you can have a girl who is extremely masculine, or you can have people who are very balanced, and um, you know you, there's like a million varieties of people. But feminine is not like let me let me put on my crinolines and you know <laughs> get my fan and go out to the ball and be the belle of the ball. You know it's not that nonsense. But the feminine, the reason that my toes still curl when I hear the word feminine, even though I use it in my work is because it's been aligned um, untruthfully with weakness. Preach. And nothing could be further from the truth. I dare any man I know to go have a freaking baby. <laughs> I'm sure that you and some of your listeners have seen these YouTube videos of guys who like, I think they've done these studies in like Switzerland and 
uh, in Germany and stuff where they have these pads that they put on on guys and then they simulate what it is to have birth pains and those oh yeah and they like, lose their minds oh my god <laughs> it's like it's one of those weird things to me that the people who are the least able to handle pain you know we women learn to handle it every month mm-hmm. um, and so these guys who cannot deal with a bit with a bit of pain honestly they go out to create wars and i'm like where's the disconnect here i don't get it Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. So we're speaking about like masculine and feminine as sort of being like characteristics rather than like physical traits, but this sort of like goal oriented versus process oriented, action oriented versus simply being, uh, like nurturing versus directing or controlling. Because there's a difference between controlling and nurturing. I think they're kind of like sort of like opposites there. And yeah, feminine. I, I know personally, uh, like growing up, I always thought it, it would be better to um, like have an action plan and to achieve your plan no matter what. And I spent a lot of before my injury life be operating almost entirely from the strategic, from the goal oriented, from the actioning. And it took me a while to start aligning, um, like being receptive. Uh, being nurturing, pulling that back in because I had rejected it so much because society told me the feminine was bad. And I didn't want to be associated with, as you said earlier, like second-class citizenry, right? Right. Right. And, you know, preach again, preach to you because um, I also, I mean, I know how to work harder than any five people I know. I mean, I can work myself to death, Yep. but I figured, I mean, when I hit 50, I had this awareness um, that I'd been working my ass off for decades and it really hadn't done squat for me. Yep. <laughs> I had that realization at 28. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Oh, it was traumatic. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Well, thank you, know, yeah. to add on another 25 years. I was like, oh my God, what have I been doing? But, but then the question was, so how do I do this differently? Like, so now I have to, what I have to not do, Yeah. but it, so I went to not doing for a while. And then I, yeah. And then I went into how can I, how can I be, be doing active non-doing? How, how can I be like, what am I going to add in here? Let, let's see. I'm going to add in meditation. I'm going to add in visual visioning and visualizing. I'm going to add in some inner child work right now. I'm going to, you know, like what else can I add in that is nurturing? It's not just do, 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 or just sit there and watch days of our lives, you know? Yeah. It's do, 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 and then nurture, nurture, nurture. Yep. Yep. Or even just like if, if also in that binary, we could sort of put in function, uh, like something always needing to have a function versus something existing just for the beauty or the pleasure of it mm. um, as part of those dynamics. And so then opening up to having experiences that aren't just functional, like they, they don't serve a purpose, but there's something that um, brings you great joy or brings you great relaxation. And then understanding that like those, those two need to both um, be cultivated in your life is massive <laughs> for a it's lot of women. Massive. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like what it is, is you're allowing yourself to be a 100. No, let me put this differently. A 360 degree human. Mm, yep. 
<laughs> and I mean, that's the spiritual path, by the way. Yeah. It, it, the path of balance, the path of self-awareness, the, <laughs> the path of accepting everything. I love it. Well, I don't know about accepting everything, but accepting it gets so deep, you know, do I want to accept the fact that I think that, that murderers are murdering people? Well, <laughs> maybe I can accept the fact that it happens. And maybe I can accept the fact that um, I don't like it. Maybe I can go further with my acceptance and accept myself for feeling anger. Maybe I can, feel, you know, like it just goes so deep. Oh, it can, it can go super, super deep in a hurry. But I think, I think one, well, then we could argue wording around this, but um, if I can say, if I'm not actively trying to um, reject something and keep it from myself uh, and, and not in the stress of having to do that and the, how do you say, um, the, immediacy, the immediacy of it, the immediate need to get it away, to make it stop. When mm -hmm. I pull myself out from that and I detach from the outcome of it, I make better choices to actually take action from. So it's not that you don't try and change it. Right. It, it isn't that you just let yourself be, you know, murdered <laughs> from your example, <laughs> like you walk into the street, like somebody, please. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, sorry, I picked that. I'm so no, it's actually great. It's oh. not that you're actively like seeking to allow um, violence and, and pain and no. suffering to occur in your life. It's just that you're, you're in awareness that it's there. And when you stop fighting it, you can actually like get to a pathway where it will actually stop existing and maybe change and mutate and become something um, usable and beautiful for you. That's nicely put. I like that. It's very energy based to my way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, like, um, and I, I feel like this interview is probably going to go pretty long. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that as long as you are. Um, <laughs> how did you... I guess you said when you were 16, I'm taking this all the way back, um, uh, feminism and self-expression and then also spirituality. Like, so how did, how do you sort of see um, stepping into better self-expression and stepping into more honest communication and stepping into both the feminine and masculine as also like spiritual? Like, how do you see spirituality sort of weaving into that? Um, spirituality is actually very practical. Um, you know, we tend to think of spirituality as being kind of woo-woo and like leave your body and become one with all that is and things like that, which sounds very nice. Yeah, <laughs> but also escapist. Yeah. Um, well, you know, if you truly can merge with, with God, um, you know, and do that whenever you decide to, that's pretty freaking awesome. But, um, the fact is that we're in human bodies for some reason or other. Here we are. What are we going to do about it? We're right here. And so my philosophy is that we are all extremely emotionally based humans. Mm -hmm. We all speak the same emotional languages. When we're scared, we get angry. Um, you know, when we're happy, we get softer. We feel better. We feel more peaceful. We, we speak the same language. Um, God, I forgot your question. I got so into my own head. Yeah, no, I love it. Actually, you were talking about how spirituality can be practical. Oh, thank you. Okay. So when you are, let's say, in a, in a real tizzy about something, you're just, you're really triggered. You're very fearful. 
Um, you know, maybe you lost your job or something terrible happened to a family member that you didn't see coming. And you're just in this total state of like, <gasps> you know, you just, you want to control it. You're, you're panicked. Um, you start doing things that really aren't going to help, but you don't know what else to do. And yeah. Right. And you just feel awful. So if you have engaged in um, spiritual work, if you've, if you've engaged in meditation, Tai Chi, um, there's, there's so many, there's so many pathways. <laughs> so if you've just engaged in that a lot, you've done a lot of self-awareness and you've done a lot of work on seeing your reactions and really questioning, is that really helpful? And how does that make me feel? If you can then engage in that situation with even a moment where you're going, okay, wait, I have to stop and just take a breath. Like that's a spiritual moment. You have just changed your physical state. You've changed your mental state. You're, you may be thinking, you know, I need to make room here for the divine. I need to make room here for the unexpected good. I love that unexpected good, yes. Right. And I mean, I did that with my father who he had multiple strokes and he went to like the age of six months old and his, you know, consciousness and everything. And it was, it was a whole bad scene, but I was there with him every single day. And I was, I was absolutely focused on, okay, this is what's happening. Here's the real truth. Here's the facts, the physical facts. And there's an energy here somewhere that is the possible good. And I'll tell you what, he went from this, I, he couldn't walk, he couldn't speak um, or anything. He went over the six years that he was sick, he was able to stand up. He was able to you know, get around in a wheelchair, he could speak. I mean, I feel like part of that recovery was my holding that space for him. Yeah, I like that you said that, that tuning in and opening up to other possibilities I like that you called it unexpected good. I, I think that's so wonderful because it's almost like spirituality makes you essentially alchemical. Like you could transform for yourself, for your awareness, a, a bad situation into something that has potential. And then you can become just like curious, open and receptive as that potential um, shows itself. And because you're looking for it, you find it. And you know what, if I look for the good I think I'm supposed to have, I don't usually find it. But if Interesting. I open, I mean, with the exception of things like, where are my keys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but if, but if, I, um, if I stay open to the good, if I stay open to the possibility, you know, if you're a very negative person, as I used to be, if you're if you're like just really intensely negative and you're like positive thinking, I don't think so. But if you can, if you can even open to the possibility that there might be something good that could happen, mm -hmm. you're, you're, it's going to happen. I mean, you don't know what it's going to be and it might be smaller than you think. So you're like, yeah, that wasn't much. Yeah, excuse me. But if you were really negative mm -hmm. and like a dollar fell at your feet, that's something because yep. negative, like people who only see the darkness don't get a lot of that. <laughs> I know. I think, I think people would have a tendency, I mean, especially, and I don't want to call myself negative, but I'm definitely going to say that I'm a realist. Oh, and, God, me too. And so, like, it sounds like you are yeah. <laughs> in, in the best possible way. Um, 
I'm not going to look at a situation and be like, oh, flowers and roses or only love and light because that feels super inauthentic to me. But what I can do is I can look at it all. I can accept all its parts, even the bad ones. And then I can say there, it's still possible for this to be good. Or there are like nuggets in here, like little gems for me to find. Like, where are they? What are they? And the spirituality is the thing where you like start connecting in and you, I, I like the use of this you let the answer sort of come to you or you let the thing unfold and you get sort of curious about what's happening in the process of that. And it just makes for, it makes for a more joyous, pleasant life, in my opinion. (laughs) Absolutely. Do you know the name Mike Dooley? No, tell me about him. Mike Dooley was in the movie, The Secret. Um, He's a long, lanky guy with a really long face. And his thing is, (laughs) his thing is thoughts become things. They do. Whole thing. And um, so he was, he's on every day right now in Facebook. He has like little 10 minute uh, teachings. And yesterday's was about money. And uh, I got interrupted, but I heard the first, the first one, the first tip out of five. So I have to go back and, and listen to the others. But the first one was when you are visualizing, it doesn't matter if you've been worried and negative all day long. And I mean, I've heard this, I've known about Mike for years um but you know how you hear something again and it just happens that the slot is open and you're like oh i get this um and so he said don't think about the how he's like if you're like i want you know my business to be successful he said no no like don't not that don't think about what he calls the cursed hows (laughs) (laughs) but they stop you from from projecting your actual like what you actually want because you're like oh I want to say I want a million dollars but I don't want to have to do all the work for a million dollars or I don't want to have all the concepts in my head about having that it's so much easier just to be like to get rid of the house yes so keep talking sorry I interrupted you it is no it is um and and it's not easy to let go of the house in my in my experience but I I finally get it because my my effort alone is not what makes anything happen my the way my spiritual teacher would put it is that you can two people can put in the same amount of effort at something but one will succeed where the other won't because um and she calls it god's grace because that's that's there it's it's supposed to be there it's this person is you know gonna succeed because of this great this moment of grace or this addition of grace and um who knows why i mean you know, just in this conversation alone, I think you figured out I could go down 9 million rabbit holes. So could I, we're we're like the perfect uh, storm. (laughs) (laughs) Words and meaning matter to us. Can you tell? (laughs) And they do matter. It's just that people don't know it. Yeah. They don't, they don't know it. They don't know how to make use of that information, but we'll teach them. Yeah. I like that you called it uh, like Grace, because I think everyone who is, um, I'm going to call myself a a recovering control freak. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's like, here's that and is immediately terrified. Like, I can't make it just happen. Well, God helps those who help themselves, which is like true. Uh, But also there's this certain amount of when you start to get good at receiving and you just get open because I like, I would do that too. I would be like, I'm not going to have a goal if I can't see how I'm going to make, how I am going to make the goal happen. Right. And so I, I don't take action because I don't, you know, like, I don't know the next 10 steps 
versus being able to say, I am open to this unfolding in the easiest, most synchronistic way possible. And I now invite in abundance and support to come be part of this process. And that feels expansive. But when I think I have to control it all myself, that feels limiting <laughs> and, and nice. terrifying. Uh, I get the control, but at what cost? Right, right. And the cost, of course, is, excuse me, is the time that you've put in, that you're going to put into it and the lack of result you're going to get out of it. Yeah. And the worry actually is the biggest thing. Cause I mean, and I'm sure you're like this too. Like I could make something happen mm -hmm. or I could take graceful guided action toward an outcome that I allow to happen, that I encourage and then allow. And so for me, it's like, it's, it's really a different, it's a different mindset, but it was so like liberating when I figured that out. <laughs> like, well, yes. and that's, that's that, like, for me, that's that dance. And it sounds like you're, you're doing this for people too, between the, um, what we might call the sacred masculine or the sacred feminine, or we could call it the, the doing versus being, or we could call it the giving versus receiving, but I give this action and then I open to receive the response from it. And I understand that I'm not the only, the only thing that's happening in this equation. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that comes to mind is uh, that really the answer, the, like if for anybody who's listening, who's thinking, my God, you know, I feel like I'm in a freaking tsunami and I don't know how to make use of any of this. <laughs> I just want to say that um, once upon a time, I just wanted to learn. And so I just swallowed everything I could learn. Like everything was the truth, everything. So then, of course, I didn't know what the hell to do. I was like, I, I don't know what's happening, you know. Um, and so I, it took a while for me to get to two understandings. One was that I get to choose what feels in alignment with me. And it is about feeling. It is about sensing. It is about emotion. Um, and I get to choose. And at a certain point in our development, that can be very, very scary. Um, it can feel like, but what if I'm wrong? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I might die. You know, it, it can really feel that, that dire. So that's why, you know, people like you, people like me, people like um, professional therapists, people, all kinds of help people in helping professions are there to support us in, in walking through these, these scary places. Um, and to find out that it, it really builds our courage. Every time we walk through another, uh, another veil, that we have held up as being like a, a huge board and it's not, we suddenly go, wow, I feel different. I feel bigger. I feel more capable. Um, and we realize that we are more than we thought we ever were. Mm. I just did that. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> and well, what's part of what's next is actually you know, rinse and repeat, to be honest with you, because if you want to keep growing, you're going to have to keep, you know, coming up willingly against these places in yourself that feel limiting to you. The thing is, the secret sauce is you don't have to do it alone. And this is not a pitch for my program, by no, the way. No, but it's so, get in a program. Everyone needs a support group. <laughs> Everybody needs a support group, but make sure that it matches who you are and what you need, not just as a business person, but as a human, as a woman, 
you know, as a man, as whoever you are, it's got to be in alignment with all of you, not just part of you, not just which uh, what I used to do is like, oh, I, I really want money. So that thing looks like it'll get me a lot of money. Let me do that. But I didn't fit. It mm-hmm. didn't fit because it was only about money. And I'm like, I'm about emotion and spirituality and personal growth and people and you know communication. And like, it just, it wasn't complete enough, which, you know, that's why I had to create what I created. <laughs> oh yeah. You, I'm, I, um, we'll share this and hopefully she never listens to this episode, but (laughs) I, when I was going through my year of learning how not to do and just how to receive Mm. and uh, getting good at concepts like equanimity and um, Mm. self self knowing and, and that, that I could just be, and that could be a worthy thing. Like I don't lose my worth if I'm not achieving something. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, okay. I'm working on this and I was posting about it. And one of my friends who's a coach read my post and, and she was like, Oh, for your birthday, I'd like to offer you a coaching session. And I was like, great. And then we get in the coaching session and I literally said that to her. And then she was like, well, let's set some goals. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then she was like, do you want to join my program? And at the time I didn't have a job at all. And I was like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, but you can tell me about it just so I have an idea of what's out there. And so she tells me about it and she's like, all right, are you ready to join? And I was like, literally, I just told you, I don't have a job. I'm not looking for a job. I'm taking time to just be, and you want to send me a, a sheet about how I can get $500 a month to send to you. Right. <laughs> right. And so that's uh, like, I had a moment where I was like, what am I doing here? And that's, I think that's such good advice is knowing that you don't have to like the first thing that comes to you doesn't have to be the thing that you end up doing and that you can also like, you have so much variety and so much choice, especially now that zoom has taken over so many of our lives because you can study with somebody on, on the other coast or in another country, but like making sure that person's platform and like what they talk about and what they do is in alignment with like who you want to become is, is very important and very good advice. Yes. Oh my God. Uh, Yes. Yeah. You know, and you may, you may screw it up. Okay. (laughs) You're probably going to choose the wrong person. If this is starting your journey, you know, I mean, heck, I I got into a coaching program earlier this year and I learned within 48 hours, I'd made a big mistake. Well, I got out and I said, that's it for now. Yeah. I I am the coach. I don't, this, you know, I think that's why stuff like, like podcasts and, and people's Instagram pages or like their blogs or whatever. Are so like good, because you can get like a feel for them that's um, true. before yeah. you take a class with them. Cause I will also say, I, I love this and I'm certain this person is not listening to my podcast, but I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking a vintage, uh, hairstyling class for synthetic oh. hair. And I love it. I love the instructor as a human, but he says, Oh, um, uh, he, and all the time, uh, every, uh, other, uh, word and it drives me literally insane. And if I had heard him speak before that, I probably would not have taken the class. <laughs> so like getting to know the voice of the person and making sure that, that you relate to them too, is really important. Well, here's something I do for people if they want to, um, check out what I'm doing is I offer them a free, um, admittance to one of my meetings during the oh, week. Oh, that's genius. Yeah. Um, so that they can get to see the, you know, get to meet the other people and, and see what's up. And, um, and I just invited uh, somebody who helps people declutter, but I mean like people who are really hoarders. <laughs> Incredible work that she's doing. She's not invited uh, to my house. 
bought it, <laughs> nor mine. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and I've invited her to come to our end of the month um, masterclass that I hold at the end, obviously at the end of each month, so that people can kind of get a sense of what they're, what's going on. Because if they, if you don't have that, I think it's just lunacy to say, well, come on in and spend, you know, how many thousands of dollars? Yeah. Just, I don't think that's correct behavior. No, it is, it is not, but yeah, everybody's on their own path. Um, if people heard that and they're like, ooh, I want to come to one of your meetings. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about how they might get in contact with you or um, yeah, what you got going on that they could, they could be part of? Absolutely. Um, they can get me on email at support at goodbye goodgirl.com. Not goodbye girl. A lot of people make that mistake. A lot of people make that <laughs> It's probably a weird website. <laughs> um, probably. I have no idea. <laughs> goodbye goodgirl.com. Um, you can wander around in there. Um, there are different places where you can choose to set up a, a time to talk with me and tell me what's, what you're thinking, what you're up against. Um, I'll be more than happy to, you know, spend a half hour with you and, and, you know, if I can help you, I will offer you that opportunity. If I can't help you, I will tell you. Um, I, you know, I will not pressure you if you tell me that you don't have a job. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm a good salesperson, but I, I'm not really interested in, you know, dragging money out of people's wallets against their will. So um, yeah, my thing is our experience. It's very strange. Yeah, it, it happens. It happens. Um, and it comes from panic on that person's part and I get it, but okay. So, um, but anyway, it, what you come away from that half hour with is a greater sense of clarity. You will know that you've been really deeply heard. I will be reflecting back to you um, my perception of your strengths um, and of your internal setting and where you are. You will, you will know that you've been understood. And that's a really deep gift um, because in a world where we just want to walk around and be appropriate, it's so rare to really be received. So uh, yeah, just write to me or get onto uh, goodbyegoodgirl.com and set up an appointment. Either way, we can, we can make it work. That's awesome. And yeah. I have just a fun question sort of of a note to end on. And that would be if, if you were either speaking to a younger version of yourself or to any of the listeners out there, like what sort of advice would you give them as they are starting to wake up and realize that their life is a sacred adventure? Mm. I think what I would say is that loving kindness, being patient with yourself, finding people who truly care about you um, are the most important things because it's a long journey. Hopefully it's a very long journey. We don't know when it's our time to go, but it's a journey. And to think, please don't think that there is some goal that you are supposed to reach that, uh, that, then says that you're worthy of being human. You are already 100% made of spirit. So trying to be more spiritual is a waste of your time. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a nice person and you're trying to be a nice person, what's wrong with this picture? Just be who you are. 
just be you. Um, and consider giving yourself some time uh, each day to just like allow you. I mean, this is very, it's spiritual teachers have been giving advice like this for like eons <laughs> since the beginning yeah. of time. <laughs> But honestly, I, I think as a young, as, as a young woman, the hardest thing for me was that I really thought the world out there was set in stone and that I had to find a way to make, to squeeze me into it. Um, I wish that I'd been more like the people, I can't think of his name right now, but um, massively huge director who decided he would just um, leave college. I mean, he just, he's like, I think I'll drop out. Um, and instead I'm going to make, you'll know his name. I just can't think Is of it. Is it right. Spielberg or it's Tim Spielberg. Burton? It's Spielberg. Okay, Spielberg. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, you know, there are Spielberg and people like him who drew, who dropped out of school went, this is going to get me nowhere. Yeah. And I'm not saying you need to drop out of school, but I'm saying <laughs> finding, finding what it is that really drives you is really job one Yep. and supporting yourself while you do it and be kind to you. I guess those are the three best things I could say. I love that. Yeah. Knowing your priorities, going for them. Yeah. And giving yourself kindness. Oh, great. <laughs> well, I have so enjoyed talking to you and getting lost in words and theories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, so, hope I, I hope I haven't dragged you too deep, dear. <laughs> oh, no, there's no dragging. <laughs> um, there's this beautiful, well, there's a beautiful story um, in, in one of the Hindu traditions where uh, people, they're trying to get this goddess who's gone underwater back to the surface. And so everybody has to hop into the water, no matter how deep it is and churn it so that it can become something you can stand on. And I feel like that's what we just did. We went into the really deep waters. We both churned together and now we have some little tidbits that hopefully people can stand on. So um, thank you so much, Lori, <laughs> for for being here on the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. And if anyone out there um, in the universe heard Lori and thought, yes, I am ready to say goodbye to all of the limiting good girl things that I got going on, you can find all of her links and a bio in the show notes.